Welcome to the Gospel Reveal Podcast. My name is Michael, your host and teacher. Here at the Gospel Reveal Podcast, our heart is to teach the Bible for what it is, and this will encourage you to read your Bible more. As a result of that, it will you will grow in your faith. We've been on a series on the parables of Jesus, and today we are going to be looking at the rich man and Lazarus. And that's taken from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Let's go over to the message. What motivates you in life? What gets you up in the morning? For some people, it's money. And for some, it's fame. But would you say your passion is to love and serve God? And for some of us, we'll say that we are Christians, we have faith in God. But it's not really the case that we are so passionate about God. And we will live for him and we will love and serve God. Why am I asking this question? Well, we're going to be looking at a parable that's going to be dealing with this. Today, we'll be looking at a parable of Lazarus and the rich man. We've been going through a series on the parables of Jesus. And we come to this fantastic parable. And this parable, I believe we're going to learn so much from it. It's going to challenge us. It's going to open our eyes to lots of truths. But also for us to do something about it. So it's from Luke chapter 16, um, verses 19 to 31. But I want us to have a context first. So let me read Luke 16, verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. It says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despised the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus was speaking to the money-loving, hypocritical Jewish leaders. They believed that you can serve God, but at the same time love money. They believed that the two goes hand in hand. But Jesus is saying that that's impossible. And that's the truth, that you had to be devoted to one. It's either God or money. And we live in a world today that people are devoted to money. It's their God. It's their idol. You need to choose. Jesus always forced people to choose. And that's the case of for us to choose God. And Jesus in a couple of parables dealt with how we handle our possession, how we handle wealth. We see earlier on in the prodigal son where the younger son squandered his father's wealth, his father's money, he asked for it. We also see the shoot manager. We've not looked at that yet, but that's also another parable that deals with wealth. And here now in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, it's about wealth and how Wealth is handled. So let me read from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. And it's not the case that what we're going to look at that Jesus is actually against 
people having wealth or Christians being rich. It's a case of how you deal with it, how it's dealt with. So let me read Luke 16 verses 19 to 31. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And he, and at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and sent Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you are a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead they will repent he said to them if they do not hear moses and the prophets neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead fantastic challenging parables lots of things for us to learn from this so we see here two characters just to let you know that Jesus only named the poor man and he's called Lazarus. And then the rich man had no name. So we're going to look at their earthly lives and their eternal destinations. So firstly, we go to the rich man, his earthly life. Luke 16, 19, it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Wow, this guy was absolutely wealthy. And for first century, he was clothed in purple. That is, that is clothes that were reserved for royalties. And maybe the guy was into himself. He wanted the best fashion at that time, the most expensive fashion. And the way it's rendered in the original language, even the rich man's underwear is expensive. Now, he's the man. He lives in luxury daily. He eats lovely food daily. And this tells us that this guy served himself rather than serving God. So you can see the hints here that is going on what Jesus is trying to communicate to those who believe that they can serve both God and money. And here the guy focus was in himself and he was 
someone who was living in luxury. But we'll learn more about him. So let's go over to Lazarus. He's on earthly life. Verse 20, it says, At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. So here we see a total contrast. This poor man, incredibly poor, but not only that, he was very, very unwell. And he had to be carried by people to the rich man's gate. But why was that though? So first of all, in that culture, the Jewish culture, for someone that poor, the only hope that they have was that them to receive arms from rich people. And so they carried him to this rich man's gate so that he will at least have something to be living on daily. But was that the case though? Well, it says he longed to eat the dog's food. You see, the dogs in those days were wild dogs and they get what's coming off from the table, the leftover, the crumbs. And if he longed for that, that means he didn't have it from this rich man. But then he says that the dogs licked his sores. That was the comfort that he can only have. You see, we see the kindness of the dogs. This shows the wickedness of the rich man. He was supposed to be the comforter, but the dogs were. It tells us in Proverbs 19.17, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deeds. You see, the rich man wasn't interested in giving anything to Lazarus. Even his underwear was expensive. But the most tiniest of hams, he cannot even give to the poor man. That shows, that hints who this guy was. That this guy was selfish, heartless, wicked, and ungodly. And there is an implication for that. So now let's go over to their eternal destination. So now we start with Lazarus. Verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. After a miserable life that you and I cannot even comprehend that Lazarus the poor man to be poor, it's not a good thing, but to be poor in the first century, it's really, really bad. And here we see in this text, there wasn't any mention of funeral. But the great comfort is that it was carried by angels close to Abraham's bosom. First of all, we can get great comfort that when believers, those who are in Christ, died, will be in the presence of God instantly. And the angels came and escorted him. That is a great comfort. There is going to be a smooth transition. But also this hints that Lazarus was a devout believer. He was taken to Abraham's bosom. There is some kind of closeness 
to someone as Abraham, the father of our faith. And that's very encouraging. And he tells that this man was a believer and he was deeply, deeply engaged with God. And there's eternal pleasures in God's right hand. And this guy was in heaven. What a great comfort. It reminded me of a verse, Romans 8, 18, that says that. Paul tells us that we are not going to compare the suffering to the glory that is to be revealed. And you know, whatever suffering one goes through, there is a glory that is to be revealed. It's absolutely awesome. But then we go to the eternal destination of the rich man. Let's read 22 to 25. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. Now, a few things to draw from this. It says the guy died and he was buried. So there's a hint that he had a funeral. Possibly he had a big funeral, this grand funeral. I'm just speculating not to read too much into it because it's a parable. So he must have had a funeral, but then he tells us something really bleak that he went to hell. Well, it's not the case that all rich people are going to go to hell. That's not what it's saying. This guy ended up in hell because of he wasn't a lover of God. He served himself. He served an idol. And you know, hell is real. Here, Jesus, the one who is God, the eternal one, the all-wise one, is telling us that hell is real and is eternal. And the suffering is unspeakable. This guy was in absolute agony. And there are some people who deny the doctrine of hell. And that's not true. Because the wrath of God had to be satisfied. And that is something that we don't like to think about. Hell is not a good thing to think about, but it's a reality. So the question is, do you believe in hell? And do you take it seriously and grateful for the destruction God has saved you from if you're in Christ. But also you have to take into consideration for those who are not in Christ, to take hell seriously, to pray for them and to share the hope, the truth that you have in Jesus Christ so that they will be delivered from such great destruction. Hell is serious and we should take it seriously. And so, there is a part now we have this dialogue whilst the rich man was in hell. And so, the rich man here was speaking to Abraham. So, let me read verse 26. And besides all this, between us, there is a great chasm. So, here... um. Abraham was speaking about the divide in heaven and hell. So just go back to the dialogue. So the 
rich man spoke to Abraham. If you noticed in the text, it tells us that it says, so he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. You got to remember that here the rich man saw Lazarus and Abraham. But guess what? The the sorry, the poor man, Lazarus yeah, and Abraham. So you got to remember that Lazarus was always at his gate. So he knows Lazarus from his earthly life. But he didn't speak to him. He spoke to Abraham. I wonder why that is. But I'm not going to read into it. But here, he's speaking to Abraham to send Lazarus to do something for him. So he still thinks highly of himself, even though he was in hell. And this gives us a picture that when you're in hell, it doesn't change your mind. You will always remain in sin and your heart will be hardened. He so think highly of himself that his conversation was with Abraham rather than speaking to Lazarus. And Abraham's response was just dire. There are three things that just close everything for him. So firstly, he requested for Abraham to send Lazarus to come and relieve him of his pain. And Abraham said to him, you've had your own good life wise on earth and he, he suffered but now it's the other way around and that's the reality you see those who are in christ the poorest believer have the greatest hope for the richest billionaire who is an unbeliever here on planet earth and that's the truth but then also he begged abraham to send lazarus to his brothers to tell them that hell is real. But then Abraham said something that we should take into consideration. He says, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. In other words, what Jesus is saying here, that the Bible is enough for salvation. And here he was referring to the Old Testament. We live in an era where there are tons of heavenly tourists, where people say they've been to heaven and then they will come back and write books, things that are totally unbiblical. We should be beware of heavenly tourists. The Bible is sufficient enough for us for life and godliness for salvation for us to know god it's not any some kind of mysticism that will bring people to salvation it's only the gospel that does that but also abraham also mentioned that there's a great chasm and this chasm is basically saying that it's fixed if you're in heaven you're in heaven we die once and then we're judged if you're in hell you're in hell there is no middle ground. There is no purgatory. You are where you are. And that's the truth. And this is serious things that we should consider. So let me give you um, an application. First Timothy verses six, chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. Great verses. He says, command, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, 
but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So this is actually an answer to the problem of those Pharisees when Jesus says that you cannot love both God and money. But then when you're rich, it doesn't mean that you should be arrogant. It is something that God has given you. Everything comes from God. And you should serve God from what he has given you. Because the whole point is for you to lay up treasures in heaven. There's a quote from J.C. Ryle. Wealth is no mark of God's favor. Poverty is no mark of God's displeasure. Those whom God justifies and glorifies are seldom the rich of this world. If we would measure men as God measures them, we must value them according to their grace. That is so true. You see, the way how God sees us is not what we own. The material wealth is how we are to him in terms of our spiritual lives. So sometimes it's easy maybe to say these things if you're rich. You'll say, oh, this is not an easy thing to do. Or if even you're not so rich or you're poor. The command also is for us to be generous and to lay up treasures in heaven and to live a godly life. So why this will be, what's the point of this and why we should live this life? Is it the case of we should muster things up and to be legalistic and try our best not to be like this rich man or just to be in the middle? Well, the answer is always the gospel. You see, the gospel tells us that we should be both poor and rich. Yeah, that's right. You see, we are poor because we realize that we are spiritually bankrupt. Just like Lazarus, who was physically poor. That's the picture in a spiritual context that we are utterly bankrupt. We are poor. But we enter God's kingdom this way. The Bible says, well, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And that's how you enter the kingdom of God. And as you are poor in spirit, you realize that you are spiritually bankrupt. You enter God's kingdom, which makes us rich. And for us to have the kingdom of God, we become co-heir with Christ. So we live an earthly life with an eternal perspective. That's the truth. So those who are poor are also rich. You see, why is that? Why? You see, because Jesus who is the glorious and eternally rich one, willingly became poor for us and died a shameful death. But on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And as a result of that, faith in him gives us eternal life gives us eternal pleasure. We are adopted into God's family. And we are saved. 
all spiritual blessings have been secured for us. So in light of this, we are to be humble and generous despite our status because we have been rescued to live and please God. And that's the truth of the gospel. We are both poor and rich. We are humble, but we are also exalted by God. So Father, I thank you that you are glorious and you loved us and you sent your son to rescue us so that we will live for you. I pray that you enlighten us with these great truths so that we'll live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you have found this episode helpful. If you have any question regarding the message, please email thegospelrevealpodcast at gmail.com. That is thegospelrevealpodcast at gmail.com. Can I also encourage you to subscribe to this podcast? Please subscribe and share this podcast. As you do so, more people will hear this message. Thanks for listening once again. Um, Until the next time and bye-bye.